0: Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel, and this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more.
1: Good evening <laughs> and welcome to Wild Ginger Running.
2: Welcome.
1: Another Scotty takeover. <laughs> um, now, so we, <laughs> we have a confession to make at the start of this, of this podcast. Um due to a um well just family commitments our our guest is currently tied up and um not not kind of physically tied up but just tied up with uh, looking after his son so he's running a little bit late um, but we thought we'd start and um if you are kind of sat there waiting wondering when we're going to be starting um we thought we'd start now and hopefully bring our guest marcus in
2: the another marcus another
1: marcus not me um if they are able to, to kind of join us as and when. So, uh, yeah, we're going to maybe just start with our usual kind of friendly event. <laughs> if this completely sounds like it's ad hoc, then uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Completely <laughs> ad hoc, isn't it?
2: Yeah, let's just fill for when <laughs> John Marcus comes. Um, so, how are you? <laughs> I, I'm,
1: I'm very good, Jen. How are you? Are, are you? are you well? Are you keeping well? <laughs> If you're joining us live, we will have um, Marcus Brown on very shortly, who's also known as The Marathon Marcus on Instagram. And uh, he also has his own podcast and uh, has an amazing kind of story of... um, going from a four-hour marathon runner, even kind of slowing that that four, four hours 45 down to sub three and uh, we've just had a notification on skype that that marcus um he's alive. is there he's saying hi so mike kind of dialing so you're probably going to hear a little bit of a kind of delay going on here we go we've got a call coming in so we're going to introduce marcus straight away this is not how we normally do things we are
2: completely throwing him in at the door. here we <laughs> go Hi Marcus.
1: Hey Marcus. How you doing, right? (laughs) Yeah, we're 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 live already. (laughs) We just
2: went in and then we. I just said we're going to throw you in at the deep end and bring you in live. So yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Apologies for running late, but I think as all parents will kind of attest to, like sometimes it's not as straightforward as putting your kids to bed and being a one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I mean you don't apologize. Don't we no, appreciate we you being able to come and join us.
2: Um, you were single handedly dealing with kids and bedtime Split. and trying to come on and speak to us.
1: <laughs> so let's let's bring you on to those who are joining us live on uh, on YouTube. Excellent. So Marcus Brand, how, how old is your your, your kids? Are you are uh...
3: uh, so was, uh, three and a half and seventeen months.
1: Wow. Oh fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. And,
2: uh, so yeah. not at the age where you can just say, go to bed now, like like the teenage um, The oldest
3: one is, is it getting better at going to bed. You can say, like, go to bed, there's a no, then you put her down, and then she's asleep. Um, the other one takes a little bit of, yeah, <laughs> a little bit of work. But I mean, other parents have gone through the same type of thing, really. But they're asleep now. uh My wife is back. <laughs> I think I've got back up. So all good to go. Oh, thank Excellent. you so much
2: for joining us. I kind of kind of delving into all the things it's plates that you're spinning i do feel like you are so busy i don't know where you find time like so you run um your podcast a runner's life and you're like up to nearly 100 episodes or have you recorded your 100th episode
3: i have done but it's just not published yet i'm not quite sure which one's going to be the 100th (laughs) so um I've got some really amazing people. Um, I've had spoken to some amazing people, so I'm not quite sure what the 100th one will be, whether it'll be a new episode or maybe just a kind of like a mix of all the ones I've done before. Cause sometimes I feel like it's, it's like an opportunity for me to speak to people and learn from them. So I might just try and do like a, a mashup of all the, some of the, the lessons that I've learned.
2: <laughs> and I haven't really given you a proper intro, but we first met Marcus in a desert in Peru. <laughs>
3: You met Marcus. Uh, I've
2: not met no, Marcus. No, you haven't met him. <laughs> Where you were kind of spending the whole race grinning and having an amazing time, it looked like. And I was just moaning about heat and sand and <laughs> not All having a mission, such
3: a good though. time. You were a mission. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, I was there with like a couple of good friends. And yeah, the thing for me was just, a, it was my first one. So I had no expectations. I just wanted to go out and enjoy it. Well, as much as you can enjoy. <laughs> the the storm, carrying a kitten about.
2: <laughs> I mean it was a stunning race. We've, I've we've never got, seen got a picture.
1: We have found a picture on your uh, Oh yeah, it, we it...
2: I haven't even warned you that we stole some photos off your Instagram. So we've got a um so... picture of you and I know where that picture is. That's at the bottom of what do we call it the Great Dune? I'm not sure if anybody else called it that, but um <laughs> it was huge <laughs> and it was just like it's so soft the sand that every step forward you just slid back down like it was just impossible to get up. But you're grinning yeah. obviously at the bottom of that, so that was probably the first day I think we we went up there.
3: But that's always happens then when you see the photographer, I mean, you, all the pain <laughs> goes away. You spot them and you start smiling. No,
2: I saw you that smiling way. on every occasion. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that sound was really tough though You like you're saying like it, the soft bit and then you sort of learn towards the end that you sort of walk in like other people's footsteps to, yeah to, yeah. Know, I learned that on
2: that. the on the dune as well that was definitely a yeah. good tip
3: at the top you're just like why do you not tell me that at, the, at the bottom <laughs> 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 so, yeah.
2: but then the next day we came down there didn't we
3: yeah. Uh, anyway, I,
1: I, Sorry. I, I feel like we're almost having a personal conversation about like we're kind of intruding on some more some catch up. We've not properly introduced Marcus. Yes, no,
2: that was me uh, starting uh, to introduce him. Uh, and I'm just uh, waffling
1: uh, on about Peru. <laughs> we can talk about Peru um, at, at some point. And if people are joining us live on YouTube, you can fire questions across to Marcus and we'll be asking Marcus questions. But so, how can. Trying to think of a, an appropriate kind of title. So you're known as The Marathon Marcus on Instagram. Yeah. And you have quite yeah. a large presence on Instagram. You've got quite a few followers there. You're quite active on there. Really kind of great at encouraging people. You do a podcast. You're a marathon runner. Kind of bit of trail running. Maybe venturing into kind of MDS kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And you're kind of really well known for... That, that marathon plus you're you're a dad um and you work full-time as well
3: yeah yeah <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot going on you know. a lot, and you're based down in oh. london as as well yeah so yeah, uh, but in fairness though like I, I find that a lot of the people i meet you know on these uh, amazing races uh have got a lot going on in their lives as well yeah so I, I mean i don't want to make myself seem like i'm any more special than anyone else
1: but you seem to have a, a way of kind of sharing your story don't you um, and being honest about it as well because your, your first marathon time kind of, yeah, it was, you know, wasn't anything special but you seem to have caught the marathon bug. So when, how did the marathons come into your life?
3: Um, so I started running for a bet to do a 10K um, then I did a couple of 10Ks, half marathons to kind of build up my confidence and yeah. then I went into uh, my first marathon which was Admington. I think I ran about four, 15 I should know this but I, just, I can't remember that time <laughs> and then I ran a couple more but I just did a lot of rookie mistakes I didn't really know what I was doing I'm not I'm not trying to say that I know 100% now what I'm doing I, I think I just know a lot more than I did then. yeah I think because you're always learning from each race, so yeah i kind of got into the butt well, sort of bit me and yeah I've been trying to well I don't to say improve but just kind of get more comfortable with it every time because it's like this thing that you can't contain type of thing, you can't always control it. So, um, And it's just—it's a lot of fun sometimes to sort of dive into that and to sort of see how you kind of react to it. Obviously at the beginning it wasn't that fun. <laughs> 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 but now it's getting a little bit more, more kind of accepted for what it is, it's getting a bit more interesting.
1: Uh, what year was that that you first did Abingdon then? 2008
3: I think it was, yeah. Yeah, and so how long a while ago.
2: was that from when you actually started running? You said that you started with some 10Ks. I mean, was that quite soon before then?
3: So my first race the 10K was in 2006. Oh, right. So, yeah, it was a couple of years before I kind of built up my confidence. Because it's quite a scary thing. Even at that time, you know, when you're running at 10K, that seemed to me like it seemed like a very long distance to run. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, when yeah. you're running like from, like, lamppost to lamppost, and you've not, you know done anything at school like that it, it's everything seems like <laughs> i like got to to and I in um, then it just took me a while to kind of get my confidence up to kind of do the half, and even like thinking well wow, I've got to do that times two I'm not quite sure so yeah it took a lot of um, you know I think a lot of steps to get to the, the full marathon itself.
1: You kind of alluded there about kind of doing sports at school were you, were you sporty at school?
3: Um, more like football, a little bit of rugby, not so much running so much, and then I went to university and then, yeah, just kind of, the have stopped.
2: Yeah, I, I recognise that story.
3: I <laughs> cool. like, I've still got it, I've still got it, so I tried to run and you just like die after like running a couple of metres, just like, <laughs> my heart's gonna And, and were you trying to
1: run like Mo Farah, like completely flat out as well, like how hard can I do this run?
3: Well... In my mind, it probably looked like it was going flat out. But if you're watching it, it just looked probably like a slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> was there. But even when you're running a marathon at the end, you sort of think you're going full out. And you're just like, no, no, it's still coming. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I mean, it's so a lot of people when they start 10K running that they either kind of stick at 10Ks for quite a while or, you know, do 5Ks. So how come did you go from 10Ks to, to marathons in two years? Was it just the, the challenge of the event?
3: Yeah, it's more the challenge rather than the time because I didn't have a, a running watch for quite a long period of time. I don't Even in my first line of the marathon in 2010, I didn't have a running watch. I a train with a running watch. I was just basically using my, my phone to, I think, work out the mileage and whatever it was. Um, so I wasn't really doing it for uh, trying to get fast. It was just more the accomplishment of just doing the marathon and what that represented. I think that was at a time when... I don't want to sound old, I'm not that old, but I think when marathons seemed to be quite impressive, when you told people at work, now well, no one really cares. I do a marathon before going to work. Like, oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and what was it about doing the marathon, or how had you been inspired to do that? Was the people that you knew that had run marathons, or was it something else?
3: Probably most likely the London Marathon, watching it on the BBC. I think mm. was probably the big inspiration. Because I think before you looked at marathons and thought, oh, those people don't look like me. Um, just obviously, from colours, colour point of the way. I know people say, yeah, but you've got like, you know, the Ethiopians and Kenyans, but I'm not, that's not where I'm from. I don't relate to those guys as a runner. So, yeah. um, I, you, you, you someone from London that I could sort of relate to. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, it just sort of took a while to kind of get into it. And I, then I saw, like, like I said, the London Marathon and. I was really inspired by the people I saw, just like everyday people running for courses close to their heart, and you thought, well, if, well, if they can do it, then why am I limiting myself to not doing it? Then you then you go for it, and you're like, wow, this is, this is something else. <laughs> but
1: it's quite a, quite a bold step to take, though, isn't it, as well, like that kind of, you know, to challenge yourself, to step Steering. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so did you have... So you, your, your first one did you have a plan did you follow a schedule or did you just kind of go i oh, just run as and when
3: i think i tried to follow stuff online and i because i'm quite um, an independent type person so it's more like i going to do it my way and also there was a kind of um know, as well of, of running, thinking oh coaches are for other people not for me type of thing so i never thought i was you know that was for me so i was just trying to do it myself um so i kind of you know, fumbled my, my way, way through, it through it, and, you know, know did all the rookie mistakes, mistakes got injured, not, didn't, didn't really, really, but then you, you don't know what you don't know, know. Yeah. and um, I, think I think when I started I working with my coach, actually, later on, then it kind of helped just get to where I need to do quicker, than obviously doing it by, by myself. myself. So what were um, the sort of
2: mistakes that you made? Was it just training too fast, too much?
3: Yeah, so all those things, yeah, so I I tried to run every, like, run faster than the day before not really respecting fueling. I know some of the old school runners would be like, well, I took some water and I ran a marathon. marathon. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, a glass of red wine. Roads. even. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just tried to run everything too quickly, didn't really expect the fueling, didn't really understand the differences of training, you know, the, the different types of zones that you run in. And yeah, I just, I think I was just more brute force than anything else. So um, it got me so far, but then... You know, the marathon exposes you, um, not in a, in a horrible way, but it just shows you where your weak points are. And at the time, I wasn't quite mature enough to kind of see what it was teaching me. I just thought, you know, if you do this, then you'll you'll conquer it. But even now, you'll never conquer the marathon, like as, much, as fit as you can be and you can do all the work. You could never go into it like 100% be like, I've so got this. You might be like 90 something percent because you know your training's gone well, but mm. there's always that 10% are like, okay, I can respect what's going to come up. So, um, but I mean, I don't regret it. I mean, I I went into it, I, I wanted to do the challenge, and you know, for me, that was that was what was that's what it was about really.
2: So, how did you feel after you finished?
3: Um, the first one was just amazing. You just had that amazing run as high. And you're just like wow i I did that. It's like the the thing that scared you that you you've done it, you know, um, unfortunately I don't have many photos from that first marathon, but um, I think there's one photo I did have it was." as in my like my football kit i was gonna um, say was we've had some sides.
2: great ones i think we had lizzie hawker and her describing her first race and there was no, there wasn't a piece of running kit <laughs> <laughs> there so yeah that sounds
3: great no, no there's all no, nothing running about it looked it literally looked like i was a sub from a fiber size <laughs> <laughs> pads. Jumped on. Yeah. just in my case I, pads and the, and the shoes, I didn't have the right running shoes and yeah it was just obviously the right running shoes i mean that's that's obviously, depending on what person you speak to, really. So well, that's another topic. But yeah, 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 I, yeah, it was, yeah, I looked like a football player.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. But was at any point during that first marathon, you can remember, you were just like, did you ever kind of go, "What am I doing this for?" Or were you just kind of just? You, you sound to me very kind of explorative and inquisitive about yeah. how you're feeling, your emotions. So were you just kind of enjoying that opportunity to explore
3: yourself? I mean, that's an interesting question you ask it because like it 's like trying to go back into the past to remember where you were and not cloud it with your thoughts of where you are today, yeah, and if I try to go back, I mean, I can only give a really limited answer, but I was so uh fearful, I remember being so nervous because you just don 't know what you 're going into, the build up you you 've got those nerves and you start it, but you don 't really know what you 're doing you 're just kind of going by feel, yeah, and everything is new you're going you 're running further. you've ever done in training so everything is new and you just it's just the new emotions of the physical discomfort all the emotions of just the mental challenges of the chatter going what are you doing this hurts stop (laughs) like just like you think oh my gosh 18 like you're 80 miles whereas before you'd be like you'd be like oh 21 miles left whereas i think i just looked at it in a different way um i'm not say a negative way but just trying to complete it and just it just been overwhelming you're trying to like this massive meal and like you know you not breaking up whereas now i kind of look at it slightly different i tried to break it into smaller chunks um where then it was just very overwhelming and just everything's you know experiencing for the first time but it then you did it you time. did it
2: again like how soon yeah. did you sign up for your next one
3: i think it was probably the following year and okay. that one was a sl- i think i ran like slower but um and but I'd never really kind of improved because i was just really going by sort of brute force and mm-hmm not really respecting the the process and like sometimes people say to me now, like, oh, what are you training for? And I'm I am do not want to come across like I'm being arrogant, but you're always training. You're always in some sort of state of some sort of cycle was before mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh, I'll just run for three months, four months, then I'll stop and I'll get back into it. And that's what I was doing. I was making a lot of those same mistakes, but I just didn't know any better. I thought you could just jump into it at sixteen weeks. And <laughs> just kept repeating the, the cycle of pain <laughs> so often, and just and you think at some at some point you've got to learn, but it's like now just keep trying to like force it through, like you kind of think like I'm gonna like I'm gonna dominate this thing, but it's not something you dominate. It's, it's something that really humbles you, and that I think I uh, it took me you know a long time for me to kind of really respect the distance and to take it a bit more seriously.
2: And were you doing all that on your own, or did you have kind of? a running club or friends um, that were runners at the same time
3: yeah so for me when i grew up i mean running wasn't really that encouraged it wasn't something that my friends did or my parents were into so i know people would say like oh it's a running club and things like that but it wasn't something that's was part of my uh, my background and and something, something i didn't really feel comfortable doing because i didn't really this wasn't something i grew up grew up doing so um even now it's kind of I still kind of don't really, you know, run within it. I mean, a running club. I've got people I run with and uh, do tempo runs and, you know, I've got a coach and things like that. But it's, at the time, I just didn't have that 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 help and that access really. So how soon was
1: it then when you, so you said you got a coach, so how soon was it that you decided then that a coach was the solution maybe to kind of stop doing the self-harming and maybe kind of, yeah definition madness is doing the same thing over and over again isn't it With the same result so yeah. kind of breaking out of that cycle what point did you go a coach is what okay. i need.
3: so probably my first london marathon i will probably give a bit of a build up so my first london marathon i ran it in 455 mm-hmm. and i made like all the mistakes um that you could do i mean i was you know it's like when you first one on the marathon like so busy suggesting and i was just dodging and weaving sprinting past and just i just blew up spectacularly and I just paid for it for the rest of the, the marathon. And then towards the end of the year, I got a place to run in Berlin. And this is the time when you could just enter Berlin. <laughs> <It was> like <laughs> first time, first time. Not like how the lanes are like now. It's just absolutely crazy to get in. Yeah. And I got a place there and I was trying to break sub four. And I ran, I think, four four. And I remember the sub four paces passed me and that just broke me. And I was just like... And I was just like, I just couldn't shake it. I was just like, it just broke me. And I just got to the end before I It's still a big jump from four, fifty-five, down four. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I hated running. And <laughs> reflecting now, it's not that I hated running. It's just that running revealed something about myself that I needed to work on. And I just didn't really realize it at the time because I was just trying to chase these goals and trying to chase the next thing, the next thing, and. After running Berlin, I actually stopped running for several years because I needed to kind of do some work myself and just work out why I was kind of. I mean, running was just another aspect to me, just trying to overachieve, uh, trying to keep doing things to do more. I mean, we all we kind of, I can't speak for kind other of people, but the way I was sort of up was to kind of, like, you've always got to be on it, you've always got to be grinding, you've always got to be working. It's the things that you can control. And the running and the marathon, the first thing it actually showed me, actually, you no, know, you really need to step back and respect it. Um, obviously, there's other things in life, but I think running, Pacific a marathon, like it's 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 such a big thing. So um, no matter what stage I'm in, I feel right now, and like, I always respect it. Um, so kind of to come back to your question, where I got a coach, so I had that mm-hmm. period of time. Then I came back into running, London Marathon again. I saw that and I thought, oh my gosh, like, I, you've got that nostalgia again after a couple of years. Got back into it, and then I found my coach. Uh, probably about 2015, 2016, I think it was. Um, I think it's 2016 really because it was before I ran to Chicago. Um, and yeah, that no, we've been working together for at I least mean, four years, I think now, three four years. So it's been really, it's been a really good relationship, and it's helped me a lot.
1: Brilliant. So when you was in that kind of period of, of no running, did you did you miss running, or did you have so much you were trying to work out yourself at, you, you, you didn't? Because you talk to a lot of runners, like when they get injured or when they have to take time out, and it's almost kind of like they've lost a limb. And a lot of runners fear having to have time off. Did you miss it?
3: I don't think I really developed a relationship with running properly. Then I was just running to achieve the marathon or achieve the medal. Hmm. I wasn't running because I enjoyed it or I, I loved it. I mean, it's even. I mean, you're not going to love running every day, um, and there's going to some days you like a lot less, but. I I just I was running for the, the wrong reason. I wasn't running uh, for the reason that I am now. Um, and I don't want to come across that because you're all still learning, you're all still developing. I mean, like where I'm now, I am now, is not want to be where I am later, and you know what I mean? So I think I just needed to spend some time just to kind of go back to why I, I enjoyed running. And seeing the London Manhattan again was really pivotal because you just sort of saw people doing it for something bigger themselves, for the joy, the enjoyment. And I thought, oh, I, I really want to try to connect with that thing as opposed to kind of um, just running the math to complete it. it was, for me, it was never about the times, it was just about completing it and getting another medal and getting another medal and just having this sort of hoard of <laughs> math. And, so, so, I don't know if that makes any sense at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just yeah really really interesting because you speak to some runners when they're injured or having to have time off and stuff like that and it, yeah they seem almost kind of mournful or they kind of seem really aggrieved that they can't they can't run so it's just interesting yeah. you know to meet a runner who's taken that time out and not been like yeah i no, I really missed it uh, but it's like you say your motivation for doing the running or doing the marathons um was in some respects not always that that that, that kind of healthy so you started working a coach
3: yeah
1: um was it kind of like a complete revelation or a kind of like why well, this is you know was it a very different way to how you had been running previously
3: yeah so it was structure and it was a little bit of mindset things as well and yeah i mean the, what you spoke about before with like runners getting disappointed about Injuries and not running, I've gone through those periods as well. But I feel like even with recent injuries, I've learned to kind of manage that a lot better Mm. and be a bit more, I guess, balanced about this where where you are in relation to things. And you know, just trying to do the best of what you can and where you are, it's not always easy, but you know, at the time, you kind of think it's your everything. But I guess to kind of answer your question about my coach, we kind of really went back to basics in terms of learning about why you run certain paces and how long you run them for and what the purpose is I was always asked questions like why are we doing this run? Why are we not doing this? Why am I not doing more miles? Because the thing is you look at other people think, oh why they're doing sixty miles a week, why am I not doing sixty miles a week? I could do sixty miles a week. You secretly don't want to do sixty miles a week. Really want to do miles a week. And, and so um yeah so it was really good to kind of get that um understanding the understanding because although you can do it yourself you know, if you're working with someone, you just get the information a lot quicker. And then if the relationship doesn't work, then you haven't really lost anything But at least you know one way that doesn't work for you. Yeah. But, you know, working with someone has been really good. And even just the mental stuff as well, um, in terms of just how you see workouts and injuries and just being able to put things into context. It's like sometimes at the way in the beginning, you'd be like, oh, I've had a bad run, so that must be this or must be that. But now it's just like you're in a bigger context. It's like, okay, how did that session go? Um, what factors were involved? How, How did, did the week go? How, out did, the go? How did the month go? What good things did you learn from that? Like today, um, like I did a run today. Um, if, if I would have done, done the same one probably two three years, years ago, I would have had a completely complete different impact. impact. You know, just, just different, different thought process about it. But I was, I was able, able to kind of think, okay, these are things I do really well, and now we parked it and we moved on. So whereas before it'd be like something to be like, oh, that doesn't mean like I don't care about the workout. It's just like you. You can't hold on to these things because the same thing is like if something goes really well and you hold on to that, you know, they're kind of they're kind of like both imposters really, like the good and bad. You just really have the now, you just have to do the best with where you are right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if there's some weird sighing or snoring, we have Sherlock,
3: the beagle, the beagle,
1: <laughs> in between us. Who you're grateful <laughs> that you can only hear him because he rolled in fox poo earlier this morning and he still stinks, <laughs> even though he's been in the bath. Um, But if there's some sighing and snoring going on, it's not me and Jen zoning out. It's it's just the beagle between us who's kind of getting himself comfy um, a a minute ago. So, yeah, sorry, I lost my my trail of thought there. So getting back to
2: your kind of marathon journey, we've got that you kind of had these horrific ones or not so great ones. You took some time out, but then you came back and started working with a coach. So how did those times um, come down to what we know that you can do now? Mm. um, And what period of time was that?
3: Gosh, that's a good good question. Um, So there was quite a period of time. So I think from about 2017 onwards, it's, it's things start to improve i'd say so i was getting down to like the low well 330s and then working my way down to kind of sub three it took me a while to get to sub three so i broke sub three last year but i mean it's only now we look back you join the dots, that you actually realize how all those experiences and all those races helped the runner that uh, helped me break some three. so for example when i ran like Boston marathon 2018 the weather was horrendous
2: oh i think we found a photo of you running in some <laughs> horrendous rain and assumed it was boston yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're putting like, that up on the screen now you won't yeah. be able to see that but yeah we can so see that, you there
3: <laughs> yeah so that really helped with um, running dorney lake last year because it was really windy and, and raining um and even like running london and you know the first time i ran london i like i said i felt just like i felt weak because like you get these thoughts that go, Stop, you can't do this. And then at that time I was just like, Okay, you you must be right. <laughs> but now when the thoughts come in and especially in the races, not all the time, but you can just you you entertain it a little bit more, you're just like, okay, cool. So you think this is what the case is and then you just have a little bit of back and forth. Sometimes you can just shut it down. Sometimes you just have to like stay there. It's like a guest coming to your house and you're just like, okay, give them some drink, i <laughs> <to> leave soon. <laughs> Then they leave and you're like, okay, cool, good to go. Like, all those marathons and all those races, like now I can look back and be like, even the ones that really sucked, I'm like, actually I've learned so much from them. And it's funny when people go, oh yeah, but you look so strong and you, you do all this sort of stuff now. That wasn't something I, I didn't read a book and be like, oh now I'm mentally strong. Do you know what I mean? It's just like all the experiences and all the training as well. I think that helps make you, um, just a lot stronger i mean for me but some people get it quicker um but for me it just took that period of time to to, to get where i am now and i'm still learning and it's still going and it's still a, an ongoing thing so
2: and you're talking about how your motivations had changed but obviously mm-hmm. like we're like "Ooh, you got your sub three marathon and things but that must have been mm-hmm. a goal for you, or are you are you saying that that wasn't the main goal and you had other reasons for doing
3: the race so it's a good question so i think uh, time goals are really good But at the same time, they can't be your main why, because it's going to sound really (laughs) wishy-washy. I just want to give some context, because if your goal is just a specific time, and you're training that time, potentially you could be limiting yourself to how fast you could go. So you have to have the goal in mind, but not be like, that is my everything type thing. So I had that in in mind, but then you're still thinking alongside that, every day I'm just going to go out and run my best, see my best looks like. And see it happens, and then it's these kind of two paths sort of concurrently going along the line. And then once you get closer to the marathon, you, you know you're trying to work to be better, then you're trying to work towards this goal time, um, and then you kind of see where you are. Sometimes like just letting things happen as they as they go as part well the program, you might be further along. So it's kind of a balance between being like, this is my time goal, but then obviously let's just see how good I can be. Sometimes you might not you might be further ahead than you think you are you just have to kinda of check back and just run what that is. But I think you have to have like different wives uh, you know, for different days. I mean, every day you're not gonna get out of bed thinking, I can't wait like you know <laughs> 7, six fifty pace. I mean like, I can't wait to do that today or whatever. I mean sometimes it's cold, it's high. That's just not enough motivation, you know. Yeah. We've all been there, you get up in the morning, go training. I think for me some of the hardest ones are the ones after the, the, the workouts because like your legs are just like dead and in the middle of winter it's cold it's like oh man those are the tough ones so you have to have a different rewire for different days and, yeah. Um I think they that's okay that they can change as well uh, I don't think they stay static I think because you know you change as a person yeah. so, but also you've got to enjoy it though.
1: Oh, yeah, massively. Yeah, that's a key motivator, isn't it? Especially, as you say, in the winter. Um, still trying to find the enjoyment and the fun of it. But so you, you ran 4.15, but was there a certain point then when your coach said to you, look, Marcus, I think 3.30 is definitely on the cards. And then 3.00, was it kind of the way the training was developing in something like maybe what certain tempo runs you were doing? You could see your pace coming down, a certain effort that so you actually were then starting to think. Because a lot of people we'll tend to either just pull a number out for the marathon or we'll then just kind of go well this is where I'm probably at as a runner and that's yeah. going to, you know 330 is my, my kind of stable yeah. point that's where I'm going to go but to kind of like take an hour and a quarter off, and you know, well even more than that and go sub three that's really kind of exciting in that kind of time period but there must have been a point where your coach must have said to you I think I think you can definitely do 330 or I think you can definitely or was that something you were discovering for yourself
3: it's a really good question actually about just other people's influences and how can you uh, push you forward and limit you. So before talking talk to you about my coach, was, I had a coach before I think a very short period of time and he got me to do this uh, training fitness thing and he worked out he's he put his stuff in his spreadsheet, went done the list printed out and went, okay, based on your times you should probably run like your maximum would be like 350 marathon or one forty half. And these sort of times like, okay, cool. That's my limit. And, and then I would working with my coach and he'd me see me run and he'd like, I think you could run like way under three hours. I was like, what? I fuck? <laughs> like, why are you drinking? You smoking? So I was thinking about my old coach and thinking 3% yeah. was my limit.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, so sometimes it's really cool that you, know, you meet someone that sees something in you that you don't see in yourself. Mm. And he's kind of like helped sort of take that limiter off. I'm not saying I've gone completely crazy. I'm like, I'm going to be doing, you know, um, I, I don't limit, do you know I mean, saying something completely ridiculous, but sometimes we can limit ourselves and we just need to dream bigger. And it's like something like like Patty Dillon and I spoke to in my podcast, first woman to break some 2.30, and, and that happened. And one of the things that she says, she says encouraging people, is like, just dream bigger. Because even when she was competing, she's like, there's things that I did that limited myself. Um, I just think that that's why I go back to like what I talked to you before about having the time goal, but also being in the moment to be like, how good could i be yeah. sometimes it's about pushing that needle further forward as well um i think you know rather than just kind of being limited by the time because when you think about the times they're kind of arbitrary type things that you know we think about like why is sub three important if you think about it well, why why is that important if you go back to the the rapid distance like why is it 26.2 because obviously you know, you know the london olympics because you know raw family won't see us run that like 285 yards but the force like 26 miles or 25 miles and, yeah. All these sort of things of that we, that we, we do, do without really asking why <laughs> are we're doing it. Um so sometimes it's about being able to sort of take that just take that away and just, just be like how good can I be? And I think that's basically what my coach has got me to be. Uh think about it. it's like, well actually no, you're really limiting yourself there. Not in a negative way, but yeah, yeah. you could be so much further than you your thinking is allowing you to be. But that must have been quite motivational as well though, to
1: have a coach to say that that. You know, not like we're kind of saying oh, it's good, to, you know, we always want our egos inflated, but that yeah. must have kind of put a bit of a, a spring in your step for a couple of weeks, or even when you start hitting the hard sessions, were you, were you using that as a motivator, or were you just kind of like that kind of helped you in that relationship? If he has this kind of idea of what I could potentially be doing,
3: um, motivation one is a tricky one because obviously anyone can gas you up and tell you you could do this or you can do that, but ultimately training is down to you yeah and you and the results speak for themselves you can blame other stuff but you've still got to do the work yeah like you could tell me like well because you could run a 210 marathon <laughs> and like, okay great but i still got to get off my chair and you know put that motivational aside and actually got to do the work yeah but it really is uncomfortable and i don't want to do it so it's great that for me yeah it's great that someone believes in you yeah but, and then, then i think it, it definitely unlocks something in myself because you have to have that drive that will to, to want to do it and you know it's kind of helped re-unlock something that was in me because before like i said it was, was in the marathon but i was kind of really harsh myself as like i'm weak for having these thoughts like you should not have them but actually the weakness is not having the thoughts it's just like thinking that that's that the truth you're just like actually this is a complete lie like I, like even super things like i do like uh, say if i'm running and it's really windy i just have these games myself i think oh it's like i'm like a sieve and like just pick up your legs and and it sounds ridiculous, but like you, you, do realize actually you can just you stop thinking about the resistance and you just start trusting yourself a little bit more.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, it's all the kind of the mental sort of things that, that work. It's not like a mental tips tricks type thing, but it's just being like, actually, I'm good enough. I belong here, and I have I have what I need for right now. I might have to slow down a bit, but I've got what I need for right now. I think that's what my coach helped me kind of unlock within myself and like someone going lock it, but you have to walk through that door and do the work
1: yeah definitely yeah that that that's so true uh, and yeah that that kind of yeah it sounds like if you come if we come across the the chimp paradox the Steve, Steve yeah. Pete, so that kind of yeah I, I love your analogy of talking about a guest coming in the house and you just having to <laughs> to kind of give them a cup of tea to kind of pass a button and then and then the yeah. guests leave because yeah, it's it's so true and so like when you did Peru was that a different mindset then or because like Jen was saying, you were kind of grinning away, enjoying being yeah. kind of it, running around the sand dunes of, of Peru and on the beach. Um, wow. Was that mindset the same there or was it more just, this is a great opportunity, look at where I'm being able to run at the moment?
3: You make it sound like it was like Baywatch
2: right yeah, like what happened you fun. you go you and john would shoot off and then i catch you up a bit later and then just you'd be having like the best time ever and i'd be like i just want this to end
3: <laughs> oh my gosh i think for, for all of us like john and jill as well like we kind of committed that we were going to finish it together start and finish it together so you were strength for numbers and then you have the periods of time where you know that someone's going to be stronger and someone's going to be weaker and you all kind of like help each other and John was really good at as well, just kind of um, completely rookie the you know, uh you know, just being there to be like, okay, uh, t- remember to have your drinks, remember to have your salt tablets, these kind of little things. And these little stage things that you do help kind of break down the, the big distances. But at the same time, one was in Peru, and you probably know this as well, like when you're, you know, somebody I'm running in London, you know, you're running in this concrete jungle type thing, and it's just like everything falls on top of you. But when you're in Peru, it's like, wow like this is incredible like i am part of something so much bigger and like you just can't help but be in awe of just where you are and it's it's just like absolutely incredible so even though there were moments where it's really difficult it's like tough like when the sandstorms and stuff when you stop and you think this is incredible and the funny enough actually when we finished it it was actually quite sad going back to like regular life and having to like get your phones and do stuff because it was such a simple way of life like you you know you like the night before you prepared your kit you had your dinner you knew what you're doing in the morning you got up, you can your the kit you went and it was just like a really nice way to live a simple way of just stripping back all the unnecessary stuff and just going back to like why you run and just being a part of nature and something that you don't always get to do running in, in life so like for me i really enjoyed because i just completely took the time element away um but saying that though, there was one incident where <laughs> it's gonna make you laugh actually talking about time. I got a time penalty because um, someone chucked their bottle of water in my tent. And Joe, you know, like if you've got extra bottles, and you get penalised. Oh. And I was just like, I was looking at times going, how the hell my 30 minutes time? So thankfully, it got sorted out. Um, but <laughs> that was the, that was the only time I got like my competitive bit came out. And the Did he kick like, off? The rest of that was right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, no in, I think no one likes to be called a cheat. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
1: the injustice <laughs> of it all. Yeah. The injustice. Uh, do you ever fancy doing any more multi-stage racing? Do you fancy the full MDS or something like Cape Wrath or yeah. some of the Ultra X?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think I, I want to do the full MDS. I want to do some others. But the way that I look at it is I kind of want to give running is, is such a funny thing. Anyone think, oh, you just do a mile, you do a 5k, you do a 10k, a marathon. You, you just switch between distances. You can do it. But for me, I feel like I want to be able to look back and be like, the marathon distance, I gave it my best shot. And then once I feel like I've got to kind of the place where that, that, that is, then I kind of want to take that forward into the ultra. Because uh, I feel like, obviously, the training... Because to do an ultra or, you know, the trail races, you need to be strong, not just, like, not just men- like physically, but mentally. And you just need to have those years of training uh, behind you. And I, I think sometimes people jump into it too soon because they're quite enthusiastic, which, is, which isn't a bad thing, but it's just, like, trying to respect the process and being, like, you know, to be... Uh, you know, to have longevity, you kind of need to respect the process. So I kind of want to do my thing in the marathon, then I want to, want to move into the ultras. I kind of wanted to go to bit sooner but it's just this is life you know I, you know it's taken me a bit longer than I wanted to, to kind of get to where I'm, the marathon i still got some goals that I want to achieve in this distance and uh, yeah I kind of want to stick with that first but there's so many temptations like you know, <laughs> to run other races you're just like oh I so want to yeah. do it but yeah you know that how awkward that conversation could be with you and your coach and you're like I want to do this like like Said it is. Oh, oh yeah <laughs> i mean it's
1: a conversation we have with a yeah, lots of well... our athletes and we kind of <laughs> almost feel a bit bad kind of cutting people's race calendars down for you especially for ultra marathons because you just can't you know how long it takes to recover from a marathon um yeah. ultra marathons so what so what's your are, are you able to say what your goal is with a marathon do you what's your ultimate is it 210 are we talking 210 there um uh-huh. Or, a, or I maybe think around two
3: ten questions would be asked. <laughs> <laughs> that connection with um, Dr. Ferrari, Yeah, okay, Exactly. <laughs> some doctors and some yeah, I don't know. I think at the minute I wanna I wanna get a London championship place. So for me, like the so London marathon has been like such a big part of my um marathon journey and just like a narrative. So to go from four fifty five to then owning a good for age place. One is amazing, mm. and that's, that's amazing for me. And the next stage is trying to uh, well not try, but I'm working to earn a, a championship place. Um, it's dropped mm. in quite mm. a bit of time, so since causing with COVID and getting more competitive. Um, so for me, <laughs> that's a <laughs> <the> dog. Sorry, <laughs> it's not us.
1: It's just it's just a beagle. I'm so sorry.
2: That's a dog.
1: <laughs> Talking about running again in the house, and he gets
3: like, oh, here we go. That's, that's hilarious um, yeah so yeah the, the championship place is my is my my next aim. but then you know, it's like as runners you're like oh i'm only two minutes away from there maybe i can push it further and Push it further but at the minute i'm not looking beyond the championship place and it's, it's it's you know it's taking some time and some effort to get to it because you you do some uh, tempo work and you think wow that was good it felt hard and man i've got to do that times two plus more yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It's just yeah, it's gonna take some time, but I'm 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 up for the the journey. And
2: how did COVID um, and all the race cancellations affect your plans? Did you were you halfway through training for something when um, March and the lockdown struck last year?
3: So yeah, so the original original aim was to run the London Marathon last year. Obviously, for the right reasons, it was postponed. And then I was looking at other races, and then Dorney came up. And yeah, so that was kind of my main focus towards of the end of last year, which was which was really good. Um, but like everyone at the start, you're kind of a little bit of bit lost because you know you're taking away some of your motivations to run, and then you're having to really kind of dig deep into kind of why you're running. I remember I had one session, and mentally, I'm just like, what, what what am I doing this for? You know, you, you ask yourself those questions, and you stop. And I think sometimes when you do a session. You, I don't want to say suffer is the right word, but you have to be in the place to be like, I'm gonna go into the well and stay there. Yeah. And I started running, I was just like, put my foot in the I was like, nah. <laughs> and I stopped and I was like, No. Nah. I was just like, okay, cool. sometimes it's okay to stop and be like, just stop that session, go home,
1: yeah,
3: think about it, talk to your coach, talk to people around you, and just kind of get yourself thinking and in, in the kind of in a better mind frame mm. to kind of come back and unpack it. And then after that session, after so I stopped, you know. You don't lose too much, and then I went the next one. And I was absolutely fine. So um, I think that's an important thing to, especially during like the COVID thing. Also, another thing about COVID as well. I recently did a half marathon. Um, obviously, it's going to affect people in different ways. But I had my second jab, and, it's, and some people had different effects. The first and second. The first jab I was fine. Second jab I had. I was in a half marathon, and um, I think like three days beforehand, it literally just knocked me out. It felt like so, I'd like, been run out of a, a truck, and like even easy runs felt well, really difficult. And yeah. you know what, like us runners are like, we're just like, we're gonna do it. And we've seen like the sketch of the Black Knight in the uh, Monty Python. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Like, yeah, just <laughs> like, from a scratch. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you got no arms, you got no legs. I'm like, I'm fine, come back here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: So that was me basically lining up for the half bats, and I was just like, I'll be fine. And then the first mile was like, this is going to be a hard day, like, <laughs> but you suffer through it. So I got through it and I, I did it. And then, you know, a couple of days later, I, I felt back to normal. But I mean, I would just encourage anyone. I almost don't always take my own advice. just like, listen to your body. My body was <laughs> to, to run. I was like, no, I will run. I will get through this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're kind of saying about having experiences of suffering for the marathon. That's definitely an opportunity and experience to say, this is what full suffering. It's like, if I can yeah. suffer that half marathon... <laughs> Post jab, then the marathons are going to be an ap- absolute piece. So, have you got a marathon lined up? To yes, yeah,
2: so
3: London this year. So, um, so that's in October about,
2: this
3: year. Yeah, October this year. And actually, this Saturday, I'm taking part in the Meet the Experts panel. Um, so, i will be talking about like beginners and uh, sort of life for beginners. I'm going to be talking about my first marathon and just basically everything that I I would advise you not to do. That's
2: fine. <laughs> so... You make the mistakes so that everybody else doesn't have to. <laughs>
3: yeah i hope so yeah but you know it's,
2: it's just learning and that's I also just want people to enjoy uh, that so actually leads into country. sorry to one of the questions that we've got from um youtube so one of the live listeners hi keith he says hello marcus i'm an african-american trail runner here in socal i'm assuming that's south california um how do i get involved in what you're doing so what's that sort of advice for people listening in and wanting to um, suffer as much as you do in the marathons <laughs> Uh,
3: hi Keith, so thanks for joining in. So I'm just going to be sort of asking whether you want to get into trail running or into the marathon running. Mm,
1: it kind of is, yeah, I think it's kind of that, that trail running.
3: Okay, um, so I'm one of the co-founders of a group called Black Trail Runners and we set up as a, well, we set up as a, a running club but we've also set up as a charity. And you can find us on Instagram and kind of follow what we're doing. Some of our team members uh, recently ran the Ramsey Rounds I saw um, that. Basically, amazing. Yeah, they did a great job there, and um, yeah, just get involved with us on on Instagram. We've got a Facebook group, and you know, we're just trying to encourage people to get involved. And I know one of the big sort of things that come up is like since black and and the names, people going well that's not inclusive, blah, blah blah. White allies, whatever. Like you're all welcome to join. The whole point is that it's just creating a, a space for people who don't feel represented to be part of something and the whole idea was for it to kind of not be a thing and you know actually disband, and actually just be a running. Group. because most uh running clubs are generally focused the like, kind of the white kind of runners and I am when well, we spoke to you about did you you said to me did, did you enjoy a running times like well when I was younger I didn't even think that's an option for me mm, yeah. and so we kind of want to change the narrative and I like you get to the stage where everyone feels like it is there you know a space for them and then they can kind of you can sort of remove the tile and just kind of move forward? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that's kind of one of the things that we get back you know, back, back to us, but like I said, like it's a group for everyone to feel welcome and just encourage people that aren't represented um, to feel like it's, it's, it's a space for them. It's not the sense of like you know, you can't get a train ticket to go to wherever and run. It's more the fact that sometimes. If you, if you don't, don't see yourself doing something, something, it's quite hard to do something. something. So for, for example when I did like, the World the right right marathon majors, like it's not right, right for me to say right people, but like, oh, I always used to figure out how to do, do it. it. I did, I did you do do it. it, you, you do, do it. it. Okay. You know, sometimes, sometimes people, people don't can't do it. that. You don't don't mean, have, need other people to feel safe to do to do that sort of thing. So I think I've gone on a big ramp, but the whole point is to get involved with us and all black, white, whatever, just
2: get involved and everyone's welcome to
1: kind of make everyone feel uh, welcome in the trails. That's great. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Cause
3: there is that,
1: yeah. Kind of at times you look at entry fields and people doing, especially ultra marathons, there's not a huge amount of diversity in the sport is there, unfortunately. And yeah, you know, the trails are there for everybody, aren't they? And an amazing place yeah. to go running. And, but if you've yeah. not had that opportunity, like you're saying, like your childhood. Of um, being given that opportunity to explore stuff like that, then you guys are, yeah, you know, encouraging people and yeah, giving away you know means and ways of doing it. So cool, yeah. So hopefully, Keith, I think somebody else's conscious gears reached out to Keith as well, um, who's based out in uh, Arizona. So uh, I'm sure they might be able to hook up and uh, always leave a comment mm-hmm. on the the YouTube channel or get in touch with Mark on Instagram and, and find out. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there's probably similar groups out in america uh, as well so you can kind of connect into
3: and just we've got american members as well so Ah, cool i
2: just wanted to um just because we're running out of time but chat about your podcast because it seems like you kind of spent a lot of time not running and then suddenly (laughs) running becomes this huge thing and you've now done like 100 episodes of a runner's life so how did the podcast start
3: Uh, I think it's just like the runner mindset, isn't it? You think I'm going to start something and then to commit to it for several several years and see what happens. (laughs) And for me, it was just more the fact of what I said, I'm going to start a podcast uh, because I like, you know, having conversations. There's a way to connect with people and a way to learn from people as well. And I thought, okay, if I give myself um, uh, a a timescale, then I'll commit to it every week and it's kind of snowballed on. So I never really started thinking, I'm going to get 100 and whatever. It's just more like, let's do it for a year and see how it goes. I think at the beginning I tried to do too much and then I scaled back a little bit more. But yeah, the conversations have been amazing and you learn a lot about yourself and you learn about your filler words and the things that you use between when asking questions, which is really annoying when you're listening back to yourself. I hate listening back. I never do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope not it's taking amazing. notes like, on our It's not amazing. It's not amazing. Stop saying it's amazing. It's not amazing.
2: <laughs> so, I mean... Well, I would describe your podcast as having um, quite a broad mixture. It's kind of got elite runners, but it's got some just what we'd look at as ordinary runners. It's got runners with a story. Is that how you set about with the podcast, just getting that mix?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's basically, I, I don't necessarily, you know, be too simple about it, but the, the idea was to talk about a runner's life. Yeah. So on my Instagram page, I talk about what my my feelings of a runner's life means to me. And I wanted to speak to a wide range of people. So just to sort of show listeners that, like, regardless if you're elite or you're not elite, the reasons why we actually run are fairly similar, mm. you know, because it makes us feel good. It makes us feel connected. It makes us feel grounded. Uh, and it has such a big impact on our lives when you take out time and things like that. Obviously, I can bear in mind that there's people that are running competitively. So it's a different thing. You know, There is the fun, but then there's a the serious aspect that they have to at certain times to do certain things to get sponsorship money and whatnot. Um, so it's not, you know, this kind of like <laughs> uh, sort of circle of love where we're all holding hands and we're all running with <laughs> the sunset. But um, <laughs> I try to sort of show like a different side of, of running that I just, I just want people to feel like it's a space for them and, and be connected in a wider way. And yeah, I just learned so many lessons from people. And a lot of the questions I, I do ask aren't really sort of focused on some of them are, are technical episodes, like for example, I've got like done like sub three, the championship ones, I've talked about nutrition, mindset, some things that I really want to know, but generally they're just about running and life and how those two kind of thing intersect together and how we take lessons from both and and you just sometimes you sort of come into it thinking, Oh, I see things from a certain way, at least with someone else and they show you something completely different you know you think i didn't think of it that way so for me it's it's an amazing learning experience and i just yeah just love the conversations i have with people you always learn something from everyone you speak to
2: and kind of teenage you would you have ever looked in the future and seen that you were doing a podcast about running and having it as such a central part of your life was it ever anything (laughs) a goal then
1: (laughs)
3: um i think you put the podcast to one side i think Also doing the podcast as well, the same as running, I was doing something that scared me. So although um, people might say, oh, you speak quite confidently and you come across like this, I had this thing of just like sound my voice and speaking in public and and all that, so I was like, this is ridiculous. So it's just about also doing something that scared me. And then the more you do it, you actually realise, actually, okay, my voice sounds like that, no, it's fine, just get over it. Or you do like a podcast episode. I did a, a podcast episode with someone and I was so nervous. And I remember fluffing something and they gave me a critique at the end. And although you feel like, oh my gosh, like whatever, And you're just like, no one died. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, just do the next one. So, like, I don't feel like whatever, but I just feel like everyone I speak to, I just think they're just a person. They've got up, they've maybe had some challenges today, something's happened. I'm just speaking to a person and I just tried to think of it in that way and just having a, a good conversation but so it's helped me a lot really just to kind of get over my own fear get out of my own way and um lots of things that like that in life i think it's so cool just to do things that up to a point to scale not recklessly because obviously <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to work you know what i mean but you've got to do some things that kind of push your boundaries i mean
1: yeah brilliant um, definitely <laughs> and, and, and talking about kind of that, that kind of interact with what about does your family? I mean, obviously, your kids one of them is only 17 months, so but does your three year old do they kind of join in a running? Does, you, does your wife run as well? You, you kind of is it like a, a running family, or is it actually this is just daddy's hobby? Kind of in inverted comments,
3: yeah. So, my wife is probably more like a team sports person, and I'm more like a lone <laughs> a <level>, wolf, <laughs> I think so. I, I can do team sport, but I prefer my space, So like for me running and that kind of thing is perfect. So, yeah. so he supports me in that. Um, the kids are quite young, and for me I would never want to be like, trying to force them to be like a mini version of me because they're not, they're their own people. I'm just like, just helping them find their way for what they want to do in their life. Mm. If they want to run, they run. Um, you know, when I go out to the park with my daughter and she runs, you know, that, that's fun. And she, you know, I try to make it fun as possible. Um, I remember, probably like a couple of months ago, my daughter said to me, oh, Daddy, why do you run? And, like, if you asked me why I run, I'd give you some sort of, like, answer to that. Maybe you are potentially trying to impress you or <laughs> an ego-filled answer or whatever and try to be really smart with it. But when they're, like, a three-year-old, you can't be, like, well, I'm trying to get London to London championship place because when I started like, this time, I don't like, no one cares. So just like, look, I, I enjoy running. That really makes me feel good. and so just break it down yeah. to that kind of level. And so I think that's a really cool question to ask me as well, then, because I think sometimes you need that that frame of reference sometimes to kind of think, oh, am I am I doing it for uh, the reasons that best uh, put me forward and bests me?
1: Yeah, and and there was that. Uh, I mean. You... Yeah, marathon training and running can be incredibly selfish, can't it? And then can have impact upon, upon the family. And there are times when you know when my kids are stay with us and I'm training, I do feel feel guilty. At, at times yeah. um, but thankfully mine are now teenagers and, and kind just of still just... on their phones and don't notice it <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah, and almost <laughs> just accept that's what dad does dad just runs yeah. um, but but it is isn't it it's difficult and it is great when they're that bit younger and they yeah you can't say you know because well, I want to get this qualifying time but that doesn't mean anything to them um, yeah. but sorry, sorry. <laughs> that's, that's the a dog, dog. <laughs> not me but they are wonderfully grounding us as well aren't they In, kind of helping us with our kind of true motivation at times and kind of keeping our feet on the ground and not allowing us to get too completely carried away of our running aspirations and crazy dreams
3: absolutely like when you hear it back to yourself like my first answer would be like oh it's a championship time but sometimes you actually hear like how ridiculous that sounds but you're basically telling your kids like oh the goal is more important than the running so that was a good, sometimes like it's really good to have those, those sort of questions and the answers back at you it Yeah. kind of make you really challenge actually why is it important. Not saying that a championship place is not important, but it can't be your first answer.
1: Yeah, no, brilliant. Excellent. Fantastic. Oh, wait, well, it's been superb catching up with you. So keep an eye out for you getting championships. So all set for October. Is it all going in the right direction, all injury-free at the moment, training kind of on the yeah. button at the moment? Yeah, it's
3: good. Yeah, it's going well. I mean, I think running is a challenging one. You, 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 you aim for something. I'm doing my best to get there. But I think ultimately the long runs, closer in time, will dictate where I am. So I'm going to do my best to get there. But if I'm not quite there, or I am there, great. If I'm not quite there, then great, because I'll just do my best in the marathon. So, you know, something I've learned with running is you've got to have a lot of patience. Sometimes you don't get to where you want in the time you want it took me four times to break some free so i've got a lot of patience <laughs> <laughs> at least yeah you've still got a few more weeks
1: you've got about what about 15 weeks so you're not quite on that final 12 week build up yeah. and you just have to park your half marathon that that isn't a, an indicator of current fitness at all <laughs> is it really
3: well on one hand it is because like if you think like for me like if i the day i felt like a three out of ten and to run the time that I ran as uh, a threat a time, I was like, actually, that's actually not bad. You know? <laughs> I guess it wasn't yeah, a complete if you, car crash. If you, if you, yeah, if you, if you reframe it like that. I mean, like, so, like, the time that I ran, a lot of people would say, yeah, that's amazing. And so, I mean, I think yeah, it's cool. But I, and I never want to come across as big-headed. But the times that you're running and training and stuff that you know, you're capable yeah. of, it's kind of, you kind of know what you, where you should be. It's a hard one to have that conversation on social media without coming across like a complete idiot. It's almost, it's a bit, it's almost so like saying, saying, saying something like, oh, yeah, should be grateful. Remember, you, now you can walk now. Like, you, when you were a, a baby, you could walk. It's like, well, I'm not there, I'm here now, do you <laughs> know what
1: I mean? Like, I can walk, I, can, I can
3: do stuff. I can have yeah. cars, do you know what I mean, <laughs> do you know
1: what I mean, <laughs> Brilliant. Excellent. Fantastic. So, so yeah, I think, have you got any questions? So, should we, can you give it? so if somebody is lining up for for London, and they've got summer of training ahead yeah um we've, we've kept you for an hour already so we'll try and start start wrapping up um but what one tip so somebody's kind of say uh, i don't want to kind of spoil all your tips from your talk you're giving on at the weekend maybe <laughs> maybe that's what we should say is like if people want some top marathon tips does so you should kind of join in on the, the london marathon webinar at the weekend because i was going to ask you if you could share maybe one tip that you would give somebody who's training for london or for their first marathon this year what would be the one yeah. piece of advice would you give them
3: so this so is a, a question, question i ask people, people. on my podcast I'm like what's the one thing that you did to get to a certain time so <laughs>
1: I'm I'm throwing that, it, at you
3: like, it's not a fair question to ask because there isn't really one thing there isn't like one secret there's no one workout there's no like one reason <laughs> of advice oh, now I've passed this on to you that I could go forward and do stuff. It's all the little things that, like, that all matter, that all add up, like, just yeah. the consistency. Um, like, life has happened, so sometimes you know might not get the right sleep, but you try to do the best you can, try to eat, you know, the right things. You know, when you're training, I, you know, make sure I practice, like, my tempo runs, practice my fueling, so it's not, like, uh, a new thing. Like, you see people doing faster runnings, like, you know, don't do that. Cause you're trying to get your body used to kind of if your body gets used to that, it's going to have a different reaction when you go to a race day and then you try to start giving it carbs. It's going to be like, What's happening here? and you're just going to blow up, yeah. Um, also, same as like, uh, you know, kit like when I do my long runs, I tend to wear what I'm probably going to want wear on the race day, yeah. So I just wear different versions of that so you feel comfortable on that. Um, it's just like just the, the things that you do during the week, just making sure that you're give them the best that you can and just kind of just trying to be consistent with that. and just being to yourself as well, not being like a Spartan and be like, I must just eat rice, great chicken and then avocado, <laughs> some peas and that's it. That's <laughs> what I mean, I must not like touch like a drop of alcohol, but you know, you just do all things in kind of moderation, have fun of it, enjoy it, but just make sure you just, just do the, cons- the consistent things on a, you know, just a consistent basis. Uh, and you you'll get there. And just to know that, like, once you get the start line, as much as you think you can plan for all all the things that could happen, you know, there was always going to be something that going to surprise you. Do you know what I mean? And just be aware that when that happens, just to not freak out, just to be like, okay, cool, just take a breath, and just be like, okay, cool, what's the best next step? Sometimes it might be like, oh, I've got to slow down, you know, and just, you know, and, and kind of go forward. Like, when I did my sub three, and I'm giving you a very long answer here, um it's brilliant it, I, when I was i think i was about 30 40 miles into it and i started to feel quite sick like i started and i thought okay well, what i can either do now is i can stop taking my gels and i'm going to blow up at mile 20 or i can start taking my gels keep taking my gels, but sipping them it's a lot slower yeah and both seem like awful options which i mean like but i still had to make that that decision at that time whereas when i look at my training as before i was doing 80 miles plus Easy, I mean, so no problems. And you know, things will happen in the bathroom that you will test you. And it doesn't mean that you're, you know, weak or a failure. And then I just, just make the best next step, just process what's happening. And be like, okay, what's next. So for me, the nutrition thing was a key example of like, what happened in that race, even though I, I did all these things, quote, unquote, right beforehand, Brilliant.
2: Fantastic. We've got about five tips there. <laughs> yeah
0: super, Superb. Brilliant. So, if
2: we want to follow your next um few months of training, where's the best place to have a look at what you're up to? Is that going to be on Instagram?
3: Yeah, I tried to share stuff on Instagram and uh, on on the podcast as well. So, I'm not really that active in Strava. Uh, I'm probably going to offend a lot of people by saying this. The only person <laughs> that follows me in Strava is my coach. So, I feel like, especially being on social media and that, I think sometimes it you should you shouldn't share everything to honest. i think you've got to keep some things kind of private to some extent not that i'm trying to hide the training because you know the race result tells you yeah. what you need to know yeah and um, so you can't you can't you can't deny that uh, but for me it's just about kind of keeping that one side of things private and i tend to then share like my weekly runs anyways on instagram and i t- tend to talk about the workers i'm doing like a rationale so Um, even though I don't share the exact locations I still share like what I'm doing so people who uh, might want to follow or learn from what I'm doing um, want to share information and help me you know can sort of get involved as well I don't have have all the answers so um, if there's any stuff that people want to share with me then yeah feel free to share and
2: what's your handle on Instagram?
3: Marathon Marcus. So um, unfortunately, Marathon Marcus was taken by about several people. Just had Marathon Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yours, is it? It's not. I I
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I took all the Marathon Marcus. I took them all. Right. I took the running Marcus, Ultra, ultra. ultra Marcus, every single one. But I just have my own name um, on my Instagram handle. But yeah, so we'll put links down below. And your
2: podcast um, is a runner's life as well.
1: Thank you. So if people want to kind of, yeah, if they've not come across your podcast, then yeah, go and have a look at it, go and have a listen to it. It's fantastic. Um, another one to take on runs or just to have kind of when you're driving around and however I mean, you listen to motivation. your podcast. Yeah, and yeah, kind of this has been so motivational tonight talking to you as well on your Instagram is, I find it so motivational as well, looking, going through it and reading stuff on there. Um, so thank you so much for yeah, thank taking the you time out this evening. Brilliant. <laughs> it's been wonderful chatting to you. And uh, we, we kind of keep our fingers crossed, if we can, for, for London for you. And exciting to see if you get that championship time. Yeah, I've
3: taken all everyone's sort of best wishes. So I take on all that all that energy. So uh, we
1: <laughs> Yeah, we're it,
2: sending it, it out. Like, we're going to be cheering you on. Brilliant.
1: And maybe in a few years' time, we'll see you out on some trails in the ultra. Yeah, I'll see
2: well. you on a beach
1: in Peru. <laughs> <laughs> or in the <laughs> desert at MBS. Oh, <laughs> the Sahara. Brilliant, Marcus. It's been so an absolutely much. pleasure chatting to you this evening. Take it easy and have a Thank good you. rest of the week. Take we'll care. catch you soon. Bye-bye. You. Take care, bye
2: bye. Thanks a
1: lot. Oh, fantastic. What a brilliant interview there with Marcus. And it's really kind of encouraging about the marathon as well. Excellent. I've just said excellent now. We're probably going to have to go back and listen to some of the words and phrases we may be overused like Marcus <laughs> was saying he does that. Um, so thank you, those who are joining us. Thank you, Antonia and Chris. Glad you enjoyed it. And Jerson as well. Sorry we didn't get everybody's comment in there. It we was just, yeah, just a very kind of engaging conversation there uh, with Marcus. And we hope you all enjoyed it. And if you have listened to us on the podcast, please leave a review down the bottom. And if you've enjoyed it on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and, uh, Click subscribe so you can keep up to date what's happening and we are back in two weeks time we are back we?
2: in two weeks and that really is going to be our last interview for wild ginger
1: <gasps> oh my goodness me there we go we That's... said it
2: before and then we came back but that really is oh, our yeah, last we, time. Yeah, yeah, we did have a,
1: a second comeback but yeah it will be our last time um so please do join us in two weeks time for our, our last interview with a signed beagle um, <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully won't be smelling a fox poo but we hope you've enjoyed this evening have a good rest of a week stay safe enjoy the summer trails and we 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 shall see you in two weeks' time.
0: Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes.